In this episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with writer, photographer, designer, front-end developer, Stammy himself, Paul Stamatio. Hey, go start a blog. What it's like to run a blog and designing at Twitter. Welcome to Thunder Nerds. I'm Brian Hinson. I'm Sarah Veseloff. And I'm Frederick Philip von Weiss. And thank you for consuming the Thunder Nerds, a conversation with the people behind the technology that love what they do and, and do tech good. Thanks so much for watching, everyone. Really appreciate you joining us again for another episode. And we want to also thank our sponsor, Pantheon. Please visit pantheon.io. They provide a platform for WordPress, for Drupal 7, Drupal 8. They have a provide you with a, a dev, a test, a live environment, so you can push your stuff up, check it out, see what meshes before you push it uh, and deploy along the way upstream. So it's a great way to test your stuff. They have uh, a way to set up daily backups. They vet any kind of updates that come from WordPress or Drupal before you push it up to make sure everything's cool and meshes with all your stuff. So then you can deploy it and make sure everything works. They're, they're a really cool service. So please check them out at pantheon.io. Thank you so much, Pantheon. And don't forget lasagna Tuesdays. Yeah, on Tuesdays at seven o'clock, they have a veggie lasagna. So go check them out at their office, pantheon.io. That's amore. And, and also check out our YouTube channel. We have hundreds of videos ranging from conference events and all of the wonderful guests we have on the show. And subscribe and click that wonderful bell icon and you'll get notified. And of course, on your podcast player choice, uh, we're available there. Search us under nerds, subscribe, listen, and leave a review on iTunes, etc. And thank you for listening. That was a lot of ands. And Sarah. And, and. <laughs> and we're going to be at DevFest uh, on November 16th. So you can find out more about DevFest uh, at devfestflorida.org. Uh, we'll definitely provide that link for you as well. And we have a nice little contest going on. Yeah. You can win a free ticket to DevFest Florida uh, for Saturday, November 16th. So right now that ticket's worth $50. Um, after November 16th, it's going to be worth 200 at the door. So if you want your free ticket, just at Thunder Nerds and at DevFestFL and say, I want the ticket. And we're going to choose a random winner live on the show in late October. Yeah. And thanks everybody so much for already participating and uh, sending us your tweets. We have you down and we're going to be giving away those tickets. So with all that being said, why don't we get to our amazing guest that we have today? Let's welcome Ryder photographer, designer, front-end developer, Stammy himself, Paul Stamatio. Welcome to the show, Paul. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thank yeah. you for to be here. Nice. So, Paul, man, where are you uh, joining us from? You look like you are in some kind of Apple-ish, big Apple-y, red, shiny place <laughs> city. Uh, yeah, I am in New York right now. Uh, pretty new city for me. I moved here about six, seven months ago from uh, San Francisco, so still kind of getting acclimated to the environment here. Oh, cool, dude. So what made you go from uh, the uh, San Francisco's to the New York's? 
you know, I had been in uh, San Francisco almost eight and a half, nine years, uh, just looking for a little bit of a change of scenery. Uh, I kind of felt like every year in San Francisco was almost the same. Uh, you know, I hopped around different neighborhoods, but I had the same uh, set of friends and I was just kind of looking for something different. And uh, fortunately, Twitter was cool with me transferring to our New York office. Uh, so that made the transition to New York life pretty easy. So I just decided to pack up and do it. Nice, dude. Yeah, um, that's that's really cool. It's a uh, it's it's a different kind of culture. I I don't want to say it's it's um, you know uh, this and that, but it's it's it definitely has its own kind of vibe. Was that a difficult transition for you to kind of get acclimated and um, really invest in immersion of that area? Uh, I mean, like the biggest surprise for for me compared to like San Francisco is New York is just like such variety of types of uh, industries that are that are taking off here it's not just tech 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 there's different people obviously that work in these different industries and of course like uh, new york is so dense that there's always something going on and that was probably the absolute number one like huge change for me where like san francisco it could be eight o'clock on a weekday and there would be no one on my block there'll be no restaurants open in new york i can you know walk down the street get anything at any t any time of the day so uh at 2 a nice change. <laughs> yeah have you have you taken advantage of that yet uh, I've definitely had a lot of late night pizza around the uh, the area. I'm in East Village, so there's there's food all around me. Wow. Oh, oh, the big oh, sorry, that would be like that's probably the number one change. The number two change is like I can take the subway everywhere. That's a big shock to me. Uh, I mean, I still walk a lot. San Francisco, I walked everywhere uh, or took Uber everywhere, so it was one or the other. Um, but being able to just take the subway very quickly, get across town that would be impossible with cars is very nice. Hey, do you think no, are, are you, go ahead. Yeah. Do you think you'll ever bring your car over? I know you like, I read your I'm a, I'm a big, shipped it. <laughs> I'm a big car guy, but uh, I just don't, I don't think while I'm living in Manhattan, it makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I feel like I also think... like I'm a, I'm a car guy. So I feel like uh, the winter's up here and the salt would just like corrode some of the, the metal on the car. Like I don't want to subject a car to that unless it's like a total beater. <laughs> what kind of car are we talking about? Uh, so my car is a, a 2012 E92 M3 that um, I modified a little bit. I changed uh, changed exhaust, obviously. I changed the software. Of course, like, like cars these days, you can just change software. I changed the software in the computer, changed the software in the transmission, so it shifts faster, and it kind of uh, you know downshifts uh, whenever I wanted to, and uh, and rev matches and all these things. Uh, I changed uh, the timing belt. The uh, there's like an underdrive pulley, which like takes less power for the alternator. Uh, and gives it more to the engine and less like you're flooring it, in which case it turns off the AC to give your, your car more power, like various things like that. So I think I was doing like 444 horsepower. Uh, but in SF, this is just like for fun. I don't need it for, to go anywhere. Yeah, it's for hard. our audio listeners, by the way, his eyes are twinkling as he's talking right now. <laughs> yes. You should go back and watch the video. I think this is very uh, indicative of your personality, especially if we talk about where you came from and how you got your start in um in technology like you you are a, were always a tinker right you would yeah. take things apart um you would help your teachers with uh <laughs> we'll date ourselves a little bit with going into like uh fireworks and making websites and things like that and you kind of found design a little bit later in life do you mind yep. uh, uh with a little bit of brevity just kind of walking us a little bit through how you got from where you are now or from where you were to where yeah. you're on what that looks like yeah definitely growing up i was really really into electronics taking things apart like trying to figure out how circuits worked. Uh, when I was younger, I would go to Radio Shack all the time. Back when Radio Shack, Radio Shack wasn't like a mobile phone store and back when it was like oh, hobbyist computer yes. parts, I would go there often enough that one of the, I guess, he was one of the franchise owners. He would like basically be teaching me like, 
like basic at the time. I'd walk into the Radio Shack. I would need some resistors or some parts. And like the, this old, like, you know, old school com computer guy that owned the store, I think would, uh, I would ask him stuff about like programming basic. He would teach me a few things. Cause was, at the time I was really into this, this company called Parallax. They had these programmable microchips called the basic stamp. And it was basic because it, it programmed in basic. Uh, and I was building like little breadboard robots out of those things. Um, it's kind of like an early Arduino equivalent, I would say. Um, so I was really into tinkering electronics. Uh, I was soldering at a young age and I have like a nice scar on my leg to prove it when I dropped like a blob of like molten solder on my leg. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I went to college. I was still really into electronics. I had, along the way, I'd gotten more into like computers and software, but I still thought that electronics and electrical engineering was my calling. Uh, so I spent my first year doing like the digital signal processing, uh, things like that. And then I, I thought I was going to be like, um, making motherboards as my job when I grew up. I was like, I thought that's what electrical engineers do. Computer engineers do. Right. Uh, somewhere in the middle of like some advanced signal processing class, I was like, this is not for me. Uh, and my university, I went to Georgia tech in Atlanta. Uh, they had a newish major at the time called computational media. And it was a hybrid between computer science, design, film, literature, communication. So it was kind of a mix mash of like a little bit of everything. And some uh, friends of mine switched majors to that. That seemed interesting. Uh, so I switched majors to that. Uh, I was a little behind because like, I spent my first year doing like uh, electrical engineering classes. But then uh, I think that's where my calling was. Um, and around that time, uh, just the power of the web was more common. Blogs were taking off. That was the thing. And people were having their own slice of the web. And I was like, oh, I want to do this too. Yeah. You definitely have that spirit where you need to create, take things apart. And I think that's probably what lent to your, um, if you will, your entrepreneurial spirit as well, because you, you started a few companies um, in, in this industry and uh, they, they were fairly successful. Do you mind touching on that a little bit too? Yeah. So uh, kind of like fast forwarding a little bit through college. So I graduated as this computational media major and it was a fun major. Like I had one class where I was, uh, learning C programming, but we were programming for the Game Boy Advance at the time. So we were actually making like games as one of my classes. So we'd have to design the sprites and the levels and then figure out how to work with video buffers and registers and, and actually get this thing working. Um, anyways, I, I feel like I graduated not being a good designer or a good developer. So I was kind of in this weird position. Uh, so I kind of ended up making my own job right out of college. Um, fortunately, what happened was uh, there was this uh, startup weekend that was in Atlanta at the time and startup weekend had been around for like a year or two at the time. And the general premise was a bunch of people interested in technology get together for like a 48 hour hackathon. The first night is people in various groups pitch ideas uh, they get voted on and the, the top idea or ideas uh, gets worked on that weekend. Uh, so I worked on an idea and you know, I, was, I had started blogging at the time. So my annoyance was like, I didn't know what to write about. So I ended up doing this thing called Scribit, uh, which ended up, I had a, a co-founder that worked on it with me. We raised a little bit of funding from Georgia Tech themselves. Uh, and I worked on that after I graduated. But the premise behind that was it was a widget you put on your site. You'd get uh, recommendations about things to write about from your audience. And they would vote on it. And then they would get notified if you ended up writing anything about that kind of uh, complete the loop there. Um, so that was my first startup out of the gate. I kept working with that. Uh, my co-founder had a full-time job. He's a little bit older than me. Uh, but I worked on it full time, uh, myself and, uh, did that for a while. And around the same time, um, I had gone to like a South by Southwest and I talked to people and everyone was in San Francisco. So about a year or two of doing the first startup, uh, kind of realized that, uh, you know, it had some success. It was making some money, but 
it, the biggest problem with it was that people would put it on their sidebar and expect to get a lot of recommendations, but people's blogs at the time didn't really get much traffic. Uh, so that combined with people having to scroll to the bottom of their page to get any any, any like suggestions about content that they should write was pretty low. Um, so to wrap that up, I uh, ended up moving to, to San Francisco uh, with no job uh, at all in 2010 and uh, ended up linking up with an old, an old colleague um, from university, uh, Chad, Chad Etzel. And he had just finished Y Combinator as a single founder for this startup called Notifo. And Notifo uh, at the time was taking advantage of iOS 3 that had just released push notifications. And the vision here was that push is going to become really annoying. And we wanted like an inbox of sorts to help manage this, give people control over push notifications, uh, and also enable web developers that at the time, like no one was really like developing iOS apps, only a, a small subset of people, uh, give web developers a way to send notifications to people that had, had iPhones. Um, so we did a, a startup there, uh, joined him as his co-founder. Um, and then that was interesting. We ended up kind of finding uh, like a chicken and egg problem where we were getting a lot of people using it, like hundreds of thousands of notifications we were sending per day uh, for people that had made the services on our platform. Hmm. But a lot of it was like, hobbyists just playing with it like oh d server downtime notifications was a big use case for us um so we spent time tinkering on uh you know analytics dashboards we can we can provide things like that um eventually uh kind of shifted gears and decided to uh change direction and then i started another company with another friend akshay and it was around uh if we could rethink what shutterfly was but in 2011 at the time uh so just photo printing photo sharing and I went through Y Combinator with that, uh, with Akshay. We raised some money, uh, but we, we knew that photo printing wasn't the future, but we wanted to like do a first initial product around that and then go from there. And uh, that went well, we had a nice product we, we liked. The first idea was around subscription photo prints to your friends and family. So this is really popular with new parents. They would email us photos or drag photos in and every month they would physically be printed and uh, shipped out to their recipients. Um, for the first like, I don't know, like six months or, or nine months we were uh printing at a local print shop in san francisco and then i would pick them up and then we would uh put them in like packaging and then mail them out from our apartment so every morning for like an hour wow. or three an hour or three we were just like like putting all these uh these envelopes together which took, took quite a while then we outsourced it to a print house uh but then the biggest problem with, with that industry was just a lot of customer support like my package didn't arrive we would be nice and send it again it would arrive again and some of these addresses are just like you know, you have relatives all over, all over the world. So some of these addresses are uh, Iceland. <laughs> yeah. There, there's like, there's like no, some of the addresses didn't have numbers. They were just this behind this. And that was an actual address. Um, so we would have some issues with that. <laughs> and around then we started thinking about what's the next step. It's not going to be photo printing as a core business model. Uh, so we kind of ideated and we're starting to play around with a concept around uh, a custom camera in an app, uh, backed up photos in the cloud, uh, direct messaging. So like some confluence of what basically every photo app does today. We thought we were going to kind of push forward in that. And uh, at the time we didn't raise too much after Y Combinator. We raised from a couple of investors, but we didn't really know what, what our vision was at the time. So we didn't want to like take much money without know, knowing where we we're going. Uh, but now that we had this concept, we went out fundraising, uh, spent a lot of time fundraising. And unfortunately for us, Instagram just got acquired at that time. And every potential investor we're talking to where they were like, uh, your biggest potential acquirer, Facebook, is is now like maybe out of the market for a while because they just acquired this photos thing, Instagram. Uh, it's a little too risky for us to invest in photos, but you're smart guys. We'll invest in you if you do literally anything else, but maybe not photos. 
Um, so around the time I've been doing my own startups for five years now, I was kind of burnt out. I was making almost no salary for years. Uh, and I was like, I should probably just uh, pay off some student loans finally. Um, fortunately around then Twitter had reached out one of their directors of engineering, I read an article I wrote in my blog about lifecycle email marketing. Uh, I just written some article about how I built some like email system for our, our startup at the time. Um, and that led to a conversation with Twitter and, um, you've been I've there had, for I, 20 years now, is it? Yeah. I think in tech, tech years, it's about 20 years. Yeah. It's been, uh, over six and a half years now. So, I mean, I never really thought about working at Twitter. I used Twitter. I remember I actually blogged about when Twitter came out from Odeo and then I didn't sign up until six months later. Um, but I've been using Twitter night and day, like basically since it was launched, I never actually thought about working there for some reason I had in my head, like, Oh, professionals work there. I'm not a professional. I, I didn't mean to come, come across my mind yet. I was using this, this, this product every single day. Um, and then when they reached out, it's like, Oh, this makes sense. Um, it's so funny how we interpret ourselves, but it, it, you know, you can't judge a book by what you read in it. Everybody has their own perception. Maybe we should jump into a little bit of, um, since we're talking about Twitter, yeah. what, what do you actually do at Twitter? What's your day to day like there? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I'm a product designer and, uh, what that means is I work on, um, in my day to day, my, my general expertise is around visual design, you know, uh, software, software mockups for our mobile apps primarily. Uh, and also a lot of prototyping. So once I kind of design a concept, uh, prototype it with, I usually use Framer, uh, which is like you write some JavaScript, you link together some interactions and you get a really high fidelity prototype. You can preview on your phone, play around with it and test. Um, so my day to day, uh, is usually, I'm usually in, in kind of two modes at the same time. One mode is I had already designed a project that or a product or feature that's in development and I'm spending time with engineering. I'm usually, but first thing I do is I'll update our internal like uh, dog food applications and like our internal testing apps and I'll see what's changed in the feature that we've been develop actively developing. Um, I'll find a couple of like small things that need to be fixed or enhanced or maybe things for us to think about later. So it usually involves me uh, making a couple of JIRA tickets. Uh, sometimes it's screenshots and opening the screenshots in Figma and like annotating some like changes to like the spec a little bit like, Oh, move this up five dips. Um, it's a little off. Uh, sometimes for them, as we get further in things and I'm trying to figure out the, the motion, uh, I'll do a screencast of like the Android app or something or the iPhone app. And then I'll like sit there frame by frame and I'll count frames out of 60 FPS. I'm like, okay, this was 15 frames. This, this transition is, is let's do something like 150 milliseconds instead. Let's change it a bit. Um, and then I'll make a ticket around that. So really like nitty gritty pixel stuff. Um, that's part of my day. The other part of my day is I probably have a project that we're exploring or that we're thinking about investing in, or I'm just in Figma or Framer designing or prototyping. So I'm kind of in one of those two modes or usually both at some kind of part of that. Uh, the rest of my day, uh, I might have uh, a meeting with another designer as part of our mentorship program to share work and just talk about things going on. Um, I usually have at least one meeting with my product manager every day. Um, so when I moved to New York, I was, uh, I'm entirely remote for the, for my direct teams. My direct teams are hundred percent based in San Francisco and Bolt one hundred percent. Uh, we also have folks in Boulder. Um, but I primarily work with engineers and a product manager based out of San Francisco. So, um, uh, definitely need to be proactive about spending, uh, some time on and Google hangouts to kind of get some FaceTime. So I'll spend some time with my product manager and figure out if we're on the same page, what we're doing. And if, even if we don't have stuff to talk about work, usually that time is valuable just to think about, just to talk about the space that we're working in and what we could do next. Um, 
So usually I have a meeting like that. Maybe I, depending on the day, I might have a design critique that I'm in. Uh, either someone on my team or someone else uh, on another team that's just sharing work and they maybe invited me because I have experience with maybe tweet composing or the Twitter camera and they're touching something like that. Um, and that's like usually a 45 minute design crit. Uh, they share work, I provide feedback, vice versa, or I'm presenting at a design crit. Um, or yeah, a lot of work sharing, stuff like that. Um, it's going to be hard, like going from being in office to being remote. I, I'm a hundred percent remote worker. I have been for like three years. Um, so where I've been, the people I work with are all remote. I mean, has that been really challenging for you to figure out kind of what your day looks like and how you interact with people that you used to be in the same office with? Yeah, I think, um, I think I, I kind of have the easier end of the stick in that, uh, when I moved here, I had been working with these people, like my exact, my direct team for years at San Francisco. So I've already built up that rapport. I know how to work with everybody. Um, so it was, it honestly was like nothing changed. The only thing that changed was that because of the time zones, I have like three hours in the morning where SF is still not in the office and it's nice, yeah. peace and quiet and I get some work yeah. done. And um, the so, lack of yeah. taco Tuesdays with the team, it's probably rough. Yeah, that's probably rough as well. <laughs> and I love tacos. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe we should take a minute. <laughs> it's interesting. What did you bring from your previous experience then that you're uh, applying to Twitter the most that, that you feel like, you know what, after building these businesses and, you know, I have such a creative mind, what, what do you bring to, uh, what, what did you feel like you brought to the team that you, that you use every day? Um, I think the one thing is being uh, a little more uh, technically minded. When I was in the startup, I was wearing both hats. I was building things. I was designing things. And I was always going between the two. Um, so I feel like I have a pretty good grasp about uh, when it comes to like eng costing, like the act of like, if I'm proposing a feature, knowing like that this component might take two to three days to build, this part might take this much time. Uh, and also kind of helps me like figure out where to design first. If I know the scope of a project is smaller or larger, it might mean like, oh, well, I know this view is built inside of this. So I can't like uh, activate that intent outside of it or I can't do a certain transition. So I won't bother with that. Maybe like for a V2, we'll consider that. But I know it's just gonna be a conversation with engineering where this is a little more challenging uh, and outside of our scope. So let's do something that already uses components that we have, design components, engineering components. Um, so I think a lot of, I bring definitely a little more uh, tech uh, angle to things um, from the design side. Um, other than that, I think it's more of the opposite. I think Twitter has been teaching me a lot more than, than what I'm bringing to Twitter from my startup experience for sure. Awesome. Yeah, and if you wanna read more about what he does at Twitter, his website has an amazing case study on design uh, Twitter video. It's a Really awesome uh, case study. And in general, uh, I'm going to fanboy for a second. I, I've been following you since since you started your blog uh, through Nine Rules and all of that. Long so I was super psyched to, to talk to you directly. Um, 2005. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, this is kind of our next topic. I really, we really wanted to talk about, you know, what's like writing your blog. Uh, um, you, uh, you've just a little overview. He's, he's been blogging for you know, over, over a decade now, I think I'm right. Yeah, I think it's yeah. 14, 14 years now. Yeah, and it's been consistent. Um, and things he's written, he's written about is like uh, a Google video search engine coming out, a, a review of flock web browsers. So I remember that this, the social browser, did it die? Did it go I think away? So. I think so. Curious. There was another uh, one called Rock Melt, which 
was very similar for a while. I mean, oh yeah, that, that maybe like three years ago, I think. Yeah, and um, intro to web 2.0. Uh, you broke your gas pedal. What was that about, by the way? Oh, I had a Mustang, and uh, the, the pedal literally just broke. You pushed it yeah. too hard. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> You're a monster. Um, 2007 Netflix streaming starting. Uh, you know the MacBook Air launching. Uh, I loved his Android is better article, and more recently, uh, he built a Lightroom machine, and he's made, he has a wonderful article this year about well, he updated this year, made on an iPad. So it's what I find amazing to look back at your writing um, in preparation for this is just the sheer scope of it. And it's such a wonderful time machine of of going back and, and it's not, you don't have to use Wayback Machine to look at it either. You can actually, his site still has all that content and you can see, and you can actually see your, your writing mature too, uh, where Thanks. you're writing like yeah. very, like a single paragraph to these like long form uh, articles now. Um, so why did you start uh, blogging besides, yep. I think you mentioned uh, you saw it and you kind of wanted to do it too, is that? Yeah. I. Um... I think it was maybe my freshman year of college. Uh, I had some roommates, sorry, some like hallmates that I met and they were really into Linux, like deep nerds. I was, I was hanging out with them. Uh, they helped, like, <laughs> I remember going to a Linux users group install fest and they had a burned disc that says Ubuntu and everyone's like, oh, what's that? And now it's like obviously the most popular distro. Um, but they were, they, were, they were interested in actually like the, power, the, the like wiki software that powers like Wikipedia. Yeah. I forgot what the open source name is. It's like Wikimedia maybe. Yeah, I think that's um, it. So I was like, just curious about how to install that, how to host it myself. So I started that summer when I went home for summer break. I installed some wiki software. I thought that was cool. Um, a little bit later, uh, I started checking out WordPress at the time. Uh, I figured, why not buy my, my name as a domain, set up WordPress. Um, so it's been on WordPress this entire time? No, no. Uh, I'll yeah, get to okay. that. Um, okay. So I start off at, I'll start off at WordPress. <laughs> And there was a really cool theme at the time that had just launched. It was called K2. There's the, there this yeah. designer, Michael Heileman, who I think is a design lead at uh, Squarespace now in New York. Um, I, was like, I was like fanboying his site. I was checking it. I was like asking him questions about how like he does CSS backgrounds uh, and like just learning. I was, I was learning CSS through the act of like wanting to modify my website. Uh, so I got really interested in that. And then eventually it kind of added my own like look to it. And then I started like one or two posts and the thing that hooked me was uh, I wrote an article about how to set up a, a BitTorrent client for, mm -hmm. for just using it and making it faster. And I wrote it with the intent of just literally sharing that one post with a friend who was trying to set up BitTorrent properly. Uh, and then it, I got on the front page Dig, Lifehacker, and all these other websites. And it, I, it was hosted at, on my Mac Mini at the time in college in the dorm. And it actually killed oh, really? my hard drive because oh, there was wow. too much traffic. Wow. Um, oh man. That, that so then after, have, after yeah. that, I was like, Oh, this is pretty neat. Like people are actually reading this. And I had like some like uh, tracking software mint, I think it was at the time. Oh, and I was, yeah, seeing, I, that. I was seeing where everyone was coming from. I was like, this is really cool. Um, so I started initially just like getting hooked on that and wanting to just keep up with tech news. So a lot of my posts, uh, like for the first like 10 years, probably the first, uh, you know, seven years were very much like smaller snippets. This is some news that's happening. Here's a quick take on it. And I would maybe come back from class and I would do like three of those a day. Yeah. Um, and I noticed too, if you looked at the history of, of like the amount uh, that you have, that it, when you're not in school, it like went up a little bit. And then when you went back into school, it went, went down. Yeah. Dogs barking in the background. 
Um, but what I what like actually what kept you going throughout this? You know, you're still doing it. Um, yeah, I think at some point it shifted from like the novelty to um, just being amazed that I would share something or how to do something and. I would get emails from people like, oh, thanks for writing this. Have you tried this? Like, what do you think about this? And I was like, oh, people actually care. People are actually reading this. Granted, this was back yeah. in like the golden age of blogging where people were actually blogging. Yeah. And I feel like it's kind of sad that personal blogs aren't as big of a thing as they are now. Um, ironically, they're I work coming at back. Yeah, they're coming back. Ironically, I work at Twitter and some people say like Twitter is what replaced blogs. Um, <laughs> but I, I think what I noticed over the time, over time was um, I wanted to focus on something I, that only I could write, something I have a unique take on. And competing with tech news, I was just one of hundreds of, or thousands of sites that are just reporting on the same tech news. Um, and then I, I couldn't, I really liked writing reviews and, and guides like that, but on reviews, like I couldn't compete. Like everyone was gonna review this, yeah. this new iPod. Um, I remember talking about the iPod Nano when that came out. Um, so I didn't think that's, that's where my bread and butter was. So over time, I kind of shifted from uh, tech news that was just happening in the world to things that I thought I had a unique take on and that I can go really in depth on. And I just started going there. And now I maybe post twice a year, maybe, but these posts take basically three months of spare time. Just yeah, like- I was wondering about that. Like, like uh, you know, process. I sacrifice, sacrifice a couple weekends, maybe like a little bit here and there, like on a weeknight, but usually weeknights, I'm just tired. Uh, yeah, his, his posts uh, that he posts now, uh, by the way, are, check them out. They're extremely long, extremely detailed well well written and just lots of great information so and may i also yeah. add that yeah. they're very diverse too you also have things where you I, i've seen some of the travel yeah. stuff that you have up too and that's really cool yeah that was kind of a recent addition of going more into photography yeah. uh, as well so i kind of have two sections of my site one's photos one's just tech stuff that's interests me um so the photo stuff uh i was the first time i really got into it i had maintained a photo section for a while but it was just one-off photos um, and it wasn't until I think 2013, I went to Japan for the first time, uh, only time. And I was like, I want to do something different. I want to like keep a log of everything I do. I want to like annotate like what the temperature was like that on each day. I want to figure out where I went and, and do some kind of unique rep representation around it. Um, so I ended up spending a lot of time after I came back building this new photo set layout, uh, and integrating parts of like my, my trip experience. I had auto playing videos mainly to kind of give some like ambient sound of what it was like walking through Kyoto. Um, so I, I really got uh, like uh, really engaged in, in custom designing something to share my travel experience. And then since I've probably redesigned that photo set layout like three, four times by now. Yeah, I love that layout. It's very, very nice, very Thanks. clean. Um, do you mind if I just quickly ask you, uh, do, why did you actually go to Japan? Do you, do you speak the language or anything or? Uh, no, uh, just my sister and I wanted to do something, uh, get out of the country. And I hadn't taken any international vacations in uh, at least five years because I was doing my startup. I was just workaholic. I was working too much and I had not taken like any vacations. And I was like, oh, I, I, I could take vacations now. And uh, to get some screen time <laughs> yeah. or get away from the screen rather. <laughs> can take vacations. Yeah. Like that. So, so somewhere along the way, my sister, and I decided on Japan to start with. So I, I do want to get into a little bit of your, your process. You've mentioned if you spend weekends writing, uh, but I want to, I'm curious before I ask that, have there been any negatives to having such a uh, long running blog uh, and posting like this? Um, the only negative, and this is like a very light negative, is that 
I feel like I'm always on the hook to keep publishing. And my, my, my biggest worry is that like, my biggest worry is that a year will pass and I'll have published nothing new. Um, so it's kind of making sure I have always have something I'm thinking about, um, for a potential future post. Um, you have to be in that author publisher mindset when you're, uh, when you're experiencing things sometimes. Yeah. You're my dog. Mm-hmm. I, I heard the dog say, yeah, I need to go lie down. <laughs> go down. Um, so what is your process like? Like how, yeah. how do you construct these uh, amazing posts? So I'm working on, I've been working on another post that's not out yet. It'll be maybe out in like, oh, like one or two weeks. It's on the topic of like uh, security keys and how all that stuff works. Um, but it usually starts out with an outline. And maybe I have, usually what it is, it's something that I've been immersed in myself for a while now. It's a hobby. It's a new product. It's uh, a new process. It's, it's something that I've been doing myself for like at least a couple months and I'm kind of immersed in that world. Uh, I've done enough research on the topic or I'm just through the act of me doing it myself a lot, I kind of feel like I'm, I have a very good grasp and I want to share that uh, and share the pros and cons or share how I, how it changed some, some process that I'm doing. Um, so it starts out with an outline and I just maybe have like a Google doc, uh, whatever flavor of, of app I'm using for note taking. Cause it changes like every three months. Right now I'm on, right now I'm on notion. I used to be on bear. I used to be on Google uh, keep. I used to be on, it just keeps changing. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Um, so we'll start with outline, you know, intro, uh, maybe some nice headline that catches you. Um, and then it starts out simple. It's maybe like five, six bullet points. And then as I'm like thinking more about it over like a month, I'll just keep adding more color to each, to each bullet. Um, and then one day I'll just like turn each bullet into a paragraph one at a time. Uh, and then it goes from whatever that doc was and maybe it goes into my code editor. Um, and then, uh, I think the hardest part is actually the photos. So I take a lot of pride yeah. in my, fo- my, my, my posts having like really, uh, really quality photos for whatever it is, if it's a product um, or if it's a trip. So uh, I feel like half the work is just taking the photos, picking the ones. Uh, the one I'm working on now is pretty simple post, but I think I took like 1,500 photos uh, and then I willed it down wow. to 50. Um, <laughs> so I think, lo- I think a lot of the work is just like figure- picking out the, the photos, um, putting them in the post, and then writing the copy around that. Um, and then the other half is just proofreading. Do you mind if I ask you what kind of camera you use? Are you like an old school Hasselblad kind of guy or, you know, what, what are you using? Website. Yeah. Well, um, I, I know what it is, Brian, but for our audience that is listening, yeah, yeah. entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Usually, uh, it's my, my Sony alpha, whatever the latest flavor is. Uh, recently, like a month ago, the A7R4 came out. So I got that one. Um, and I've kind of amassed a larger collection of lenses here and there. The one that like was the i didn't think i was would get much use out of it was my 90 millimeter macro lens that thing is amazing for product shots um like you can just focus like two inches away and get a lot get a lot of detail compared to being further out even with a 55 or even an 85 that's not macro um you have to crop quite a bit to even get uh, pretty close and then of course i built a, a custom lightroom computer to edit all these large photos um so that was a book that i wrote basically <laughs> Yeah, and then you and then you updated it because you. That was a hard mini, one. I was like, mini ITX. Yeah, I was like, oh, if I update this, I'm gonna to have to update the, the post too. So I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. So when do you when do you know it's ready? To your post is ready to go up. Like when that's, you're like, okay, it's time. That's that's a hard point. I, at some point, there's just like nearing month three or four. It's like I'm getting a little annoyed. I just need to publish <laughs> this. And then once once you're at that point, you're always like also like worried that like 
if it's about a particular technology, you're worried you're going to wake up one day and there's going to be a headline of like, oh, so-and-so released this other version that does all this stuff. And you're like, oh, I got to rewrite it versus like, if it's already out, <laughs> like I don't have to deal with that as much. I can just like put an update post and link to something. And yeah. Do do you have a a favorite thing that you've written that you reference back, or you go to the go to you go to your own website occasionally and click it and be like, "That's really nice." Um, <laughs> I don't. I think the closest would be yeah. uh, my New York post that I posted recently. I feel like it's compared to all my tech posts, which can feel dated. Uh, yeah. I feel like this one will hopefully feel evergreenish, um, and it kind of lasts for a while. Do you have any tips for people that are looking to become more of an author publisher in this kind of realm? Things like, you know, th this is a good way to start off writing. You know, don't, don't wait for people to give you permission to write or things such as, you know, just, just go ahead and jump in yep. no matter what you have. It's always good to, at least if you start somewhere, you have context and reference. And, you know, I, I think it's absolutely the latter. It's just like, Start it, go do it. Doesn't matter if you don't like your domain name or your blog theme, um, just focus on the content you're putting out there. And I think the other thing is, uh, maybe this is coming from my, my train of thought, just you don't have to like sit down in one setting and one session and just write and publish it. This could be a, a longer going thing and you could spend more time on it. Uh, I think maybe the, I don't necessarily know if the effort um, ends up affecting the, the impact like, oh, cause you spent more time on it. Like you might get more viewers. There's some very technical things that I write that like the audience is obviously much smaller. So it's like, uh, that wasn't really worth the time. But for me, I did it for me. I wanted to share what I'm doing. And also I kind of view my site as like a personal portfolio of sorts. Maybe it's not design work. It's just like things that I spend time on that I'm proud of that I want to put out there, be it photos, um, or things that I'm doing. Yeah. There's definitely different kinds of, uh, types of writing. There's writing that's things for a quick digestion, things that are, you know, topical and very interesting in the moment. And then there's these, as you keep saying, which is important to highlight, these evergreen pieces that you could go back to at any point and read and find a lot of value in there. Because um, as you cited, you, you, you put the time into developing some kind of article that has a, a really um, a good amount of uh, information that's uh, uh, advantageous for uh, a large audience. Yeah, I also think that it's also like, when you go to someone's website, assuming it's like their name.com, uh, today the, the popular thing is like, it's a landing page, here are my social links, here's some massive yeah. text, like, you know, one sentence about who I am and what I do. <laughs> yeah. And then that's it, like, you don't really know what this person, who this person is. Maybe you click their Instagram, that doesn't provide much context. Hopefully their Twitter has something on it so you can kind of glean who this person is but I'm really missing the days of you go to someone's site and like, Oh, they've been writing some stuff for a couple of years and you get to know who they are and what they're interested in. Um, so I, I think just going out there and, and publishing something, even if um, you don't think that a lot of people are going to come to your site. You realize though, with all the content on your blog, they're going to be able to make a stammy AI bot of you in the future. <laughs> I feel like someone made an eBooks account of me once. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. So, since we, uh, since you just invoked the name, Brian, um, why, oh, don't, yeah, why, yeah. Don't we, why don't we talk about where that Stammy came from? This, this goes back, invoked. Uh, <laughs> you like that? Yeah. This goes back a few years. Uh, do you mind uh, going to the, into the story? Yeah. Um, so when I started my blog, maybe a couple years later, there was a very popular uh, blogging community called Nine Rules. And yeah. they were like, you would, you'd go to a nice blog and it would be well designed, you'd really like it, and you'd see this little uh, leaf icon in the corner. And it was like, 
a, a symbol at the time of like, this is a high quality content invite only. Um, so I was really like interested in this community. I was just kind of lurking outside the gates for a while, um, publishing more and more. Um, eventually I applied when I was like maybe 19, like freshman, soft, maybe sophomore in college. Um, and I got in and my blog got accepted. I was like the, the one of the nerdiest moments, uh, my blog got accepted. I was telling my, my, my hallmates and they're like, what? Uh, and there were these forums. Yeah. There were these forums that I would just hang out on, um, with these people. There were designers in there, developers, uh, entrepreneurs, and there were just these internal forums and I was very active and no one could pronounce my name. So at some point, one of the founders of the platform just re re referenced me as Stammy and I kind of went with that for, for years now. You're like, okay, that works. Yep. Do you actually have Stammy.com too or any of the Stammy? Yeah, I, I have Stammy. I didn't actually get into using Stammy until like pretty recently. I uh, started off using my first letter, first letter, last name, peace Stammy to you. Um, which I really kick at myself because I was on Instagram so early 2010, even when it was bourbon before it was Instagram, I was on it, but I never thought oh, to get yeah. Stammy and I don't have it. So someone, so someone else has Stammy. They did for a long time. Someone with a lot of cats, but now it's like it's empty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could, well, if it's empty, you could probably see if you could go through the correct channels to yeah, I gotta try. that. Um, Worth it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you so could also get a lot of cats that just say you're that person. I'm sure they'll let you have it. It's worth it. Yeah. That's at least me. Wow. Yeah. So I definitely have a lot of different like stammy.com variations, stammy.dev. That was a random purchase. Um, for a while, like when the, the dot app TLD came out, I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Like this is going to blow up. So I bought Paul that app, which at the time, since it was four letters, it was $880. So oh, I bought yeah. it. I bought it for a year. Wow. And then I was like, this is not going anywhere. I don't want to pay this much per year. So I let it expire. Um, because I, I, I kind of have this, this deep want of like one day getting paul.com. I think I approached the guy. Uh, it's just not going to happen. The guy worked for ICANN, like the domain corporation. Oh, yeah. So that's, he's, he's never going to forget to renew that domain. That's for sure. What is it right now? I think it's landing page for his like consulting business. Wait. And it's like 1-800-paul.com. It's just, he's, he's fully bought into it. So that's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> don't worry leave that part out we're, we're not going to promote him <laughs> yeah, exactly. so we're starting to get around to the end of the show brian do you want to jump into your uh your brian question or should we jump to the lightning round i like the, uh, question, the brian question the brian question i, I don't have one right for the show but uh I, we could jump gotcha. to the lightning round um before we do that I, I am curious uh is there an article on your site that or post rather that is the most visited Oh, um, the most visited. Life. I can check. Oh, interesting. Right. I think the uh, maybe not all time, but all time. But uh, if like you buy the Android one, the Android one was the most viral. That got like maybe six hundred thousand visitors that month. Um, if you bias towards recency, my Lightroom PC one, I'm always getting uh, drive-by Google uh, visitors. Um, I tried to buy AdWords on that once. I was just curious how AdWords work, but you can't do them if it has a copyrighted or trademark name in it, like Lightroom. Really. I, it was oh, my first weird. time. It was my first time ever using AdWords, yeah. so I wasn't exactly sure how it worked. But I was just curious. Oh, all right. Uh, makes cool. Um, so the lightning round. Uh, the lightning round is basically we're all going to ask you a question. You answer it. Uh, they're just random questions about really just, fast. Yeah, really, really fast. Um, Let's so do it. Um, I'll go first. Um, would you rather? Be shot out of a cannon or have your head in a lion's mouth in the circus? Cannon, yeah. Okay. Favorite cartoon as a kid? Oh, geez. Uh, 
Elf's not a cartoon, so that doesn't count. Uh, there was an Elf cartoon, actually. Maybe, so next maybe, question, uh, Sarah. Gummy Bears. I think that was the thing. Bears? Oh, yeah. The jumping. Yeah. All right. So favorite uh, breakfast cereal as a kid? Um, I, it was either, it was probably Cheerios, maybe Grape Nuts as I got older. I think Cheerios. Oh, my God. Were you like an 80-year-old kid? Holy <laughs> crap. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Judgy. I agree. I love the Grape Nuts. <laughs> Dang, Sarah. Keeping on no, the, I uh, love food, that's too. Keeping on the food trend, describe your perfect sandwich. Okay, we're going to have uh, some kind of uh, whole wheat bread of some sort. It's going to have, if, if possible, like a... Eight-year-old. Uh, maybe like a habanero or chipotle or ghost pepper aioli, oh, like, like a very thin spread. Uh, maybe some salami, some turkey, uh, some kind of lettuce in there, maybe banana peppers if they're around. Um, Mm. That's probably it, yeah. Paul, if you could not be in front of a computer for the rest of your life, for some reason unspeknown to us, what would you be doing professionally? Uh, photography, probably. Which would be hard, because I couldn't edit the photos, but I guess I would just figure out how to do, like, decent JPEG. <laughs> Old school. Old school. Old school, yeah. jeez. Darker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, a place that you've always wanted to travel to, but haven't been yet. Uh, Patagonia in South America. I haven't done anything in South America yet. Me neither. Brian? Uh, uh, favorite dessert <laughs> until I remember the other one. <laughs> uh, probably like chocolate lava cake. Ooh, nice. What's the subject? Specific? Uh, oh, I was just saying, I would go, I would go, sorry, I would go there a lot uh, at Chili's. They had a really good one. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do, right? <laughs> they actually do. <laughs> Baby back, baby back. What's a subject that you really adore but haven't had the time to write about? Good one. Um, Thank you. Probably writing about photography, not showing photos, but like oh, yeah. how I think about the, the art of it, maybe. I, I've touched on it a little bit, but not really. Interesting. Tara? Oh, it's, is it my turn? Damn it. Yes, sir. Uh, design tool of choice. Uh, for me, that's, that's a tie between Figma and Framer. Figma for like just uh, visual designs, Framer for really high fidelity uh, prototyping. You hear that, my coworkers? Figma. Maybe Figma. Show, Figma's so. amazing. So I'm trying to convert everyone. Oh, uh, um, it's, it's good. What's a uh, fear of yours? Oh, uh, waking up and like being late for an exam. That, that like do you do that still? No, that that like constant that like constant nightmare that you're still in school and you miss an exam. Yeah, I still have those. <laughs> Paul, on a scale from nine to ten, or maybe ten to eleven, how much do you love this book by Sarah Veselov? Oh my god! Building I hate you. That's definitely a twelve. I hate a twelve. So yeah. Yeah, Sarah actually. <laughs> signed and copy signed, signed my book with xos xos so if you buy her book she will sign it and put put love in awesome there. So, yeah, yeah. Find it at, what, what's the url sarah oh, oh god i you know what i don't remember right now but that's perfect we'll put a link perfect. in the show notes go ahead sarah <laughs> on Twitter and ask. <laughs> oh my god uh what's the most embarrassing moment of your life <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think we want to dig there. I don't even, I don't even know how to pick from the top 10. Oh, not even right, one? Come on. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Skipping that one. I'm like, nope. That's fine. Pass. No That's comment. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Brian? 
Um, are you are you still on on a uh, Android phone? Uh, right now, I have two phones. I have a Pixel Three. I have an iPhone 11 Pro. They both have active SIMs. They both have phone numbers. They're both mostly most of the time with me. Um, two largely, numbers? largely because I got to test like various uh, Android oh. builds for the company. Um, that makes sense. So I've always always had two phones. Hmm. Google Fi makes oh. it so easy to have two SIMs, so it's easy. Paul, favorite anime? Oh, I'm not really into anime. I don't really know any, to be honest. Hashtag B-O-O. Sarah? Oh, my God. I, favorite color? I, like, I'm running out of questions, people. Oh, I, uh, I, I, either like, uh, I, think I can do this all night. <laughs> definitely blue. Well, there you go. Uh, what was the uh, last time you got injured enough that you had to go to the doctor? Uh, it was probably when I was doing my startup, I was, I was like working way too much, do a lot of all nighters. And one time I was drinking a lot of coffee, which apparently dehydrates you. And I woke up at 6am. I was like really lightheaded and I just fainted. I hit my head. So I had to go to the ER. Oh God. Yeah. So drink lots of water if you work from home a lot or <laughs> you've worked for long stints. Paul, here's a question. You come home it's late at night, maybe one in the morning. It's raining, it's pouring, the lights are out, the power's out. You open a front door and you see a ghost. What do you do? I get my phone out and I tweet about it. Pretty small set. <laughs> oh God. How many characters? Oh wait, that's another question. I'm sorry. Sarah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you want to ask a book, Sarah? That could be a no, question. No, you totally threw me off with this whole like, roasting me thing. Oh. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, favorite author. I did kind of step right into that one, didn't I? Damn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. Skosh. Yeah. Brian? Yeah. No, but seriously, you write a lot. Who do you like to read? Um, I've recently gotten into Ted Chiang. I'm not sure if I'm saying that improperly. He does kind of like these sci-fi things. And one of his uh, short stories was turned into, uh, I think the movie was called The Arrival. Um, so it's a, it's, oh, each yeah. book is a series of short stories. I like him and also... Um, Someone whose name I'm blanking on. David Sedaris. Oh, David Sedaris. Very yeah. nice. Uh, crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Oh, absolutely the crunchiest I could find. Like yes. mostly, mostly peanuts. I like that. Good answer. <laughs> Paul, what do you do that brings you the most happiness on a day-to-day -day basis? Not what, um, something that you might want to do, but what do you do that brings you the most happiness? I think for me, it's I always have some side project. Uh, so if I go home and I'm not like completely tired, uh, working on an article, editing photos, uh, just tinkering with something, learning some new JavaScript library, um, I always kind of have some side project going on. So I think I need that to keep my mind going. I'm actually curious. This is not really a lightning round. This is something I was going to ask earlier, but I just couldn't find the right time. <laughs> So I'll ask it now. Um, so it's curious, you talked a lot about your writing process and it sounds a lot to, this sounds terrible. Yes, I've written a book, so I'm very familiar with that process, but I found that when I was writing that my process of writing was actually really similar to my design process. So I hate you so much. <laughs> so I was curious if you found that to be Sarah, the same. Is, is your design process and your writing process similar or are they very different? That's, um, that's a good question. Um, I feel like my design process is very different. Like when I'm writing, I have an outline and that doesn't really change throughout the writing, the, the life cycle of that one post. And I'm just adding more detail and color and maybe I'm reordering a few things for, but for the most part, it's 
um, is fairly like uh, substantial there or like fairly defined. With design process, I'm just like, I start off with a hunch and then I kind of view it as like map and reduce and, and like in terms of engineering where it's, I'm mapping first, I'm going far and wide, I'm trying a bunch of crazy concepts and I'm selectively picking a few things, iterating and going down until I have maybe two to three concepts I wanna play with. So when I start that, I'm just going crazy as much as I can. Uh, and when I'm writing, I feel like it's always um, linearly expanding in a, like a systematic way versus just like all over the place. That's really interesting. Wow. Yeah, no, mine, mine's very, very like what you described your design process. That's my design process. And that's my writing process. I kind of start with all this crazy stuff. And I find myself like half of what I write, I throw away um, until I kind of find because I have all these ideas of what I want to say, but I don't really know what's going to fit right until I kind of get it all out. Yeah, and that's I, a skill I, I don't have because my, my blog posts are really long. <laughs> I just <laughs> keep adding and keep adding. Sometimes you got to build uh, good ideas on a pile of bad ideas. If, if, like you said, Sarah, like sometimes you got to get all that stuff out and that helps you hone in an idea that's really good. So you, you should, it, it's important not to judge your, your, your ideas along the way, but just get everything out on paper or, or yeah. pad or, or typing, whatever you do with your fingers, but get those ideas out and then you'll have the context of those ideas to craft something that might be more uh, honed into what you're trying to um, communicate. Yeah. That's I was Frederick mansplaining. Mansplaining. Mansplaining? Was I mansplaining? <laughs> Just kidding. Oh. I think that the best revelation I have in that Stephanie realm. Rude. I think that the best revelation I have in that realm is uh, moving stuff that is maybe not essential down to a footnote. And I still keep it there, but yes. if people want to see it, it's like kind of hidden down there. Yeah, yeah like, it's, like it's, how you go ahead, sir. It adds color to it. Oh no, you're fine. Go ahead. Brian, stop mansplaining. What? <laughs> I had to roast you a little bit. You've been roasting her. See how it feels? I apologize, Paul. They're just, I don't know what's wrong with them. Brian's the worst. Yeah, I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Paul, we're getting close to the end of the show. Um, We have a a few last questions. We definitely always like to ask our guests, what is the best and preferred way that you want people to get to know you better? Where should they go? Uh, Website, Twitter handle, whatnot. Uh, I think my, my website uh, does have a lot of information about like my, where I'm coming from, like my, my really in-depth articles, but really like the best way to actually know who I am is probably my Twitter. Cause you see like all the stream of thoughts and consciousness as it's happening, as it's going out there instead of my blog, which is like extremely refined, everything you're seeing probably took a couple months to work on um, versus Twitter. is just like, here's a random idea. Well, it would have been hilarious if you'd been like, yeah, Facebook. <laughs> 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 or pulled out something else like Vine. Yeah, I will say um, of every single social media platform, even though there's there's bad con- bad people on Twitter too, just like every other, Twitter's my favorite of the social media platforms. You can really tailor, if you tailor your timeline, you, you can actually have a good experience there. Unlike Absolutely. everything else in my opinion. But yeah, so thank you if any of the Twitter people are listening. Thank you. Well said. Paul, last question, big question here. What is some advice or uh, a message that you'd like to bestow our audience on parting farewell? Anything you want to get out there that you'd like to share? The stage is yours. has to be deep and meaningful. Yeah. On that note, I think uh, maybe like a a self-serving thing I would like to share is just like start a personal blog. I would love to find more blogs to read. Even if you don't think you have a lot of stuff to share, start something, uh, 
A, like it's just fun to play with a new tool, be it whatever CMS you want to work on. I'm playing with Jekyll now. Maybe if I was starting today, I'll use Gatsby or uh, Hugo or something like that, or even Ghost, or there's so many CMSs that are, that could be fun to set up. Start there, treat it as a project, and then maybe start sharing, even just sharing links that you're reading. Those are so interesting. I follow a couple sites that are just sharing weekly links and I find those useful. Mm, um, yeah. I'd just say, go out there, start something, share, share some work. So hopefully I can start reading it. Like that. Yeah, provide some value and get your ideas out. If not just for anyone else, yourself. Yep. Anyone else? Anybody? Anybody got? Uh, no, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show. I've been, uh, uh, again, I'll say a fan for years. So it was awesome talking to you. Uh, you know, if you ever come to Florida, drinks on me. Sounds and, good. Uh, thanks for, thanks for talking to us. Yeah. Likewise, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much, Paul. And thanks everybody for watching. Really appreciate joining the show. Again, as Brian said at the beginning, please go to the uh, little subscribe thing, hit the bell, get notifications. Really appreciate you doing that. Take care, everyone. Appreciate it. See you next time. For consuming the Thunder Nerds. We honestly and sincerely appreciate you watching and or listening to the show. Please subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. Write us a review. Kick a few stars our way. And above all else, please remember to send your favorite book suggestions to Brian Hinton. I, I like romance novels. They have happy endings. I should have known the Terrator didn't mean us any harm when the Sword of Omens didn't obey me. And anyway, it was just plain stupid to assume it might be bad. Just what the <laughs> fuck am I talking about?